we're finishing up chapter 7 of Mark, Mark 7, 31 through 37. We're going to be reading that first in preparation for communion. And so let me pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for your word. It is alive. It brings us comfort, assurance, conviction, exhortation. Every time we open it, Lord, we know that you have something unique and truthful to say to us. So God, today as we open your word, may your spirit bring guidance and deliverance to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Mark 7, 31 through 37. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private away from the crowd and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed, said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. We have a complex relationship with healing. We know we live in a broken world, yet we long for everything to be made right again. We live in fear of becoming ill or having a terrible diagnosis because of all that will mean for the life we cherish and the ones we love. We pay a lot for medical attention and are grateful for doctors and for new research that allows us to live long lives. Most of our health system is attuned to keeping people well into old age. We have faith in a God who is mighty. We witness his powerful acts, yet he does not always fix our problems. Many of our prayers are centered on the health of those we love because we want them to be vibrant and stay with us. And also because we know that the physical body is deeply connected to the soul. And we know that the soul will wither when there is suffering and no trust in the Lord. In this story, we know nothing about this man. We assume he is Gentile as Jesus is still in their region. It can be reasonably believed that this condition is one that he's had his whole life. In addition to not being able to hear, he cannot speak. We know those abilities go hand in hand, so he probably has been affected since birth. We don't know how old he is. We don't know if he has faith, even what he thinks about God. What he is blessed with is friends who will bring him to Jesus, who seek out the Lord and beg Jesus to lay hands on him. All of us need healing. It doesn't matter who we are or where we come from, how much we own or how much we wish we had in this world. 
all of us are damaged in ways that can be seen like this man in the scripture and some in ways that are not so obvious. John Ortberg says, everyone is normal until you get to know them. (laughs) Amen, right? (laughs) It is when we are known that the pain we live with is most evident. We read a passage like this and it makes us wonder at how God heals and when. Why do some get healing and some do not? We may read this and think about all the ailments or diseases we live with or people we love live with and wish that Jesus would take away what they deal with daily. This passage might bring up times that we have prayed, times that we have begged, and the Lord has said no. I've been thinking about how the gospel writers recorded so many instances of when Jesus healed. There are not many times when someone is brought to him and he says no. Or he tells them to wait. But we think of those who did not get a chance to be healed by him. Or those who got sick again, which inevitably happened. But let's also think about this passage in a different way. Because this is a passage of rejoicing. The people are astounded. And they say how good Jesus is. How nothing is too hard for the Lord. He turned around this man's life instantly. What would it be like to not ever have heard the sound of the children or the birds or the voice of someone you love? To now be able to have that sensation. To now be able to talk to everyone that you see. And now they can understand you. How that man must have wept for joy and wonder in Jesus' mercy. And we read this and we think, of course they went and told everybody. And then let's switch our focus and remember in what ways the Lord has healed us. Jesus changes lives in all dimensions, physical, spiritual, emotional, relational. I invite you to use this story to think how the Lord has touched you. How did you come to the Lord limping and bleeding and broken, not functioning, disabled in some way? An obvious point in this story is how this man could not hear or speak. For him, it is literal. But how often does Jesus meet us when we are deaf to his truth and his love, when we are deaf to the compassion that he wants us to have with those around us? And then how does that spiritual deafness mute a part of our lives that we're missing That we might not even be aware of. Some of you know the famous story of how Mark Bates and I started dating. If you have a few hours, we can tell you all the details over coffee. Or you can just hear the edited version now. Basically, for two years, Mark asked me to date him on multiple occasions, and I said no. Nicely, and with patience, and 
Mostly, not always, kindness. No thank you. That won't work for me. I'm not interested. You're a great guy for somebody, but not me. Let's be friends. I always thought that the problem was him, as in, I'm sorry, it's not me, it's you. Imagine my surprise when I actually found out it was me. In my brokenness, I had built a fortress around my heart and around any possibility of getting close to someone like Mark, someone present and kind. From previous wounds that had scarred, And I was so afraid. A friend at the time from college who has since become a counselor encouraged me to go get help and to sit down with someone who could help me out of this numbness that I was feeling, knowing that Jesus could help me, knowing that he could touch me. I was so deaf. I was so unable to express love. How grateful we are for the healing that God brings us. And then healing again when we need it. Oh yeah, and then for the next round of healing that we need. For the pain that we no longer want to live in. The truth is, as long as we have breath in this world, the Holy Spirit brings curative powers. Years ago... I had the privilege of walking with someone who was dying. And about a month before they passed, they sought pastoral counsel for a relationship that they were struggling in that just wasn't right. And they wanted to find out how they could be a better person, how they could talk through this difficulty they were having. It was wrenching. But at the same time, I was so inspired because my friend knew that what was happening to them was so much deeper than what was happening in their body. This person knew that they were going to continue living soon in the presence of the Lord Most High. They weren't done, though, just because they were leaving. So where is your point of connection today with this story in scripture? Are you in a place where you need the Lord's touch in your life? Then I invite you to come forward and to ask for healing. Ask the Lord what that means. Are you in a place where you need to find acceptance for what the Apostle Paul called his thorn in the flesh? Those physical limitations that the Lord may never take away. Then I invite you to come and to find peace. Are you in a place of thanksgiving as you've realized the ways that Jesus has touched your life and you give praise for his death and resurrection that has made your healing possible? Then I invite you to come forward in humility, grateful for how God has shown you his love. Do you need to come forward and beg for the mercy of the Lord to be with a friend of yours who needs a cure? Then I invite you to come forward believing that intercession is a powerful tool that we have been given. You see, we bring all of our complexities about healing to the foot of the cross 
Because there is deep and refreshing healing for all of us. The Lord meets us and ministers to our souls, showing us who he is, weeping and rejoicing with us in all that we experience here. Calling us to see him in the midst of everything. Asking us to believe and trust him with the things that we're facing. Communion literally means to come together in thanksgiving to the Lord. We praise him for freeing us from our sins as he entered into the atrocity of the cross on our behalf. And we believe that communion is a sacred moment where God is present with us, forgiving us and showing us where we need to focus our lives and showing us who he is as we bow down and we realize the extent of the world that we live in is so fractured and the lengths that Jesus went to secure our peace. It is an act of remembrance that Jesus told his followers to do. It is exercising our trust in him for the life to come as we still grapple with the struggles that we have today. You do not have to be a member of this congregation or any church to partake of communion here. However, it is not something we do lightly. All are welcome to take with reverence and an acceptance of Jesus' death for your sin. Communion is an act of surrender to God, a willingness to live for him, a seeking him for what it means to live in reality of resurrection hope. So today we celebrate from this scripture how God makes all things new. He takes our brokenness and he brings hope today and into eternity. So let us read together the communion liturgy. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.